welcome to another episode of Mutual Growth, a podcast by Penn Community Bank. I'm your host, Aaron Clark. A pandemic-caused global recession and an improbable quarter three bounce back. Record stock market gains and record-setting unemployment. Low interest rates and soaring federal spending. As 2020 comes to a close, let's take a look back at how the economy fared during this unprecedented period, then turn our eyes to what 2021 holds. Today, we're joined once again by Dorothy Jaworski, Penn Community Bank Director of Treasury and Risk Management, to recap the year that was and get our economic outlook for the year to come. After the show is over, be sure to check out the show notes and links to resources at pencommunitybank.com slash podcast. Dorothy, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Aaron. Good to be here. We are wrapping up an, an eventful year and and for very few as eventful as, uh, as the one you've had trying to keep track of uh, the, the numbers and the finances and the economy mm-hmm. during all of this. So uh, I'm excited to, to talk to you about where we've been and, and where we're going in, in 2021. So let's, let's dive right in. Um, just to begin with, obviously, we've been through a, a lot this year. Can you just take us through 2020 from an economic standpoint? How did we get to where we are right now? Well, this has been a year of extreme uncertainty. Uh, We started the year normally, and then we began to hear about the COVID-19 pandemic. By March, our nation and the world for that matter, we were pretty much locked down. Many businesses closed and only essential businesses, including banking, uh, remained open. I think people were a little fearful because we didn't know much about the virus at that time. Today, we know so much more, thankfully. Um, And markets plunged, both stocks and bonds, in the first quarter. And the price action was very chaotic until the Federal Reserve stepped in. They actually lowered interest rates back down to zero. And they supported treasuries, municipals, corporates, commercial paper, money market mutual funds, you know, with purchases of, you know, those securities. Mm -hmm. Congress then passed the CARES Act which helped a lot at the end of March. It gave relief payments to individuals, and it also authorized the Paycheck Protection Program, or as we know it, PPP, um, which provided loans to businesses. The economy initially suffered with GDP down 5% in the first quarter. And the numbers I'm going to read to you on GDP, they're all annualized numbers, mm-hmm. which is the you know convention in GDP. But in the second quarter, GDP was down 31 percent with because of the severe lockdowns and the loss of revenue at businesses. And then we rebounded by an astonishing 33 percent in the third quarter, you know, recapturing most of that loss. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, unemployment rose unbelievably with an estimated 22 million people losing their jobs at the height of the pandemic. Unemployment peaked at 14 percent in April. But it has since recovered down to 6.7% in November. In March, we thought we could, you know, no one thought we could rebound like this. But, you know, standing where we are today, there's still about 11 million people who are unemployed from that original, you know, about half of the people that lost their jobs. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's still a big issue for all of us. Um, Currently, the fourth quarter growth, it's projected to be about 4% by most economists. And 
it's projected to be 11% by the Atlanta Federal Reserve. So we'll see hmm. if that comes true. Who knows? Right. And also in this year, you know, I can't let it go by without saying we made it through the presidential election this year. They spent record amounts of money and that hopefully helped the economy. Yeah, I, it's 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 been a, a wild ride for sure. And certainly the whiplash from 30 points down in GDP to 30 points up mm-hmm. quarter over quarter is is something that I don't know anyone ever expected to see in their in their lifetimes. Right. Obviously, we want we want to look at what 2021 holds, but we're we're going to come back to that. Okay. Um, I wanted to get your sense of what trends uh, or things that we saw, things that you outlined in there. Uh, in your recap of 2020, we might see continue into early next year, um, at least into the time of prior to that vaccine really um, establishing itself um, in the population. Yeah, um, I, I think we'll continue to face on, you know, and we're seeing it right now. There's renewed lockdowns in many areas, you know, including the state of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. um, you know, which just began in December. Uh, there's sadly been many bankruptcies of small businesses this year that could not survive the loss of revenue during the shutdowns. And, you know, sadly, I believe that's going to continue if we have continued shutdowns. Um, there's been a change in people's behavior as well, um, doing fewer activities such as eating out, shopping, not going to entertainment, you know, um, concerts and the like, and no large parties. This will continue until people feel safer. And you mentioned the vaccine. Two vaccines have been approved so far, one by Pfizer and one by Moderna. And hopefully by mid-year, we can, you know, if enough people are taking it, we can start to return to more normal life. But Mm -hmm. I don't really see that before mid-year with the, you know, the amount of people that have to take the vaccine. Sure. Um, Many businesses had their employees work at home and they found that successful. So I think that's a trend that could continue, you know, that will also impact, you know, um, commercial real estate, office space, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, the economy should continue to improve slowly, which it has been doing. Um, but um, job growth may be a little bit slow. You know, I mentioned there's still a significant amount of people that are unemployed. But there's also a buildup in a pen up. I call it pen up demand for restaurants, entertainment. And most importantly, travel and vacations. Mm-hmm. So if we can start to get back to normal a little bit, um, that will help the tourist destinations, the airlines, the hotels, the cruise lines, and so many other decimated businesses. Yeah, you bring up the concept of pent up demand and certainly in conversations that I'm sure you've had, but I know I've had them. Everyone's probably experienced. Mm-hmm. Everyone's looking at, oh, I can't wait to, to go somewhere or do something, right. kind of stretch those <laughs> muscles out um, that you haven't for, for going on a year now. Right, um, right. One of the challenges for you, obviously, has to be looking at the, the true strength of the economy and the recovery as opposed to just these really wildly fluctuating top line numbers. Um, everyone obviously knows we're in the, the midst of a disruption, but we don't really know what the undercurrents are. Um, what are some key indicators that you look at to get a read on what's really happening in the economy, even if it's below the surface? Mm-hmm. Well, Aaron, um, first, I usually monitor the markets on a daily basis. You know, my job requires it. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to watch interest rate movements. 
you know, interest rates are very, you know, they're very, very low right now. And that's a reflection of the uncertainty and the Federal Reserve's pledge to keep rates low until we return to pre-pandemic levels of unemployment. Now, before the pandemic began, we were at 4% unemployment, which is considered very low and very healthy for the economy. Um, their second mandate is inflation over 2%. Now, that's a tough one because we haven't had inflation, you know, to my memory, that lasted very long in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. So inflation is very weak right now. So that is not something I'm worried about. But the Fed did mention that they'll keep rates low until that goes up to 2%. So I would recommend watching the unemployment numbers. You know, remember, we're currently at 6.7. We need to get down to 4 Inflation's running well below two. You know, if you see that above two for an extended period of time, it's probably an indication that the economy is doing well and the Fed may raise rates. But also, um, I watched the GDP um, quarterly releases. The economic data comes out from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So I always watch that and dig into what's causing the growth, you know, whether it's the consumer or businesses or government. And I also watch housing. Housing's very strong right now, both in existing and new home sales. And I also watch an indicator that's called the Leading Economic Indicators. It's released monthly, and it's a number that's a, um, it's a composite number of many indicators. But it tends to show growth six to nine months down the road. Hmm. So if that's negative, you know that there might be a little trouble ahead or slowing of growth. If it's positive, you know, you know, the trend's continuing. But that's one indicator that I always look at, um, you know, when it's coming out. And then, you know, as I mentioned earlier, keep watching interest rates. They won't rise significantly until investors feel the economy is strong enough. Yeah, certainly you talk about talk about rates and and the actions that have been um, impacting that that rate market. One of the things that I always like to get your read on um, is the policy coming out of uh, the Fed, out of Treasury. What can you tell us about these, uh, the two institutions that we've been watching over these past several months? And, and what role will these institutions play going into 2021? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the past, I've called Fed Chairman Jerome Powell and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin real heroes of the crisis mm-hmm. that we've been in, you know, throughout the year, um, the way that Fed took actions to lower interest rates and buy bonds to calm the markets. That was exceedingly important. Markets returned to pretty much normal conditions, you know, within, you know, weeks of their actions. Mm-hmm. The Treasury has also been issuing debt to fund the relief bills from Congress. They also sponsored the PPP program that helped small businesses. And they funded some of the Federal Reserve's bond and loan programs. And also, um, you know, Steve Mnuchin was critical in negotiating the CARES Act, but he's also part of the negotiations of another relief bill that they're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I do see them working together in 2021 to keep the markets calm and growth continuing as we try to come out of this period of uncertainty. The Fed just released a statement yesterday after their meeting that they will continue to keep rates low and continue to buy bonds as long as, you know, to, you know, to keep the economy rolling along. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to mention that the low rate environment, um, this allowed mortgage rates to drop to historically low levels. Consumers are all refinancing their loans or buying new homes. 
this will definitely help spending and growth as we go forward. And our, you know, Penn Community Bank's residential mortgage group, they've been working nearly 24-7 for months <laughs> to help borrowers, mm. you know, finalize their loans. We also did the same in the second quarter when our commercial lending group helped businesses with the Treasury PPP loans. Outside of the impact, you know, we talk about the coronavirus all inclusively at this point, but outside of the impact of, of coronavirus itself, what other factors um, will impact the economy, do we think, moving into, into 2021? And, and kind of layering into that, you mentioned in, in your initial answer, kind of the impact of, of the presidential election. Mm-hmm. What, what do we see as far as policy changes from administration to administration and what might that lead to um, moving into the next year from an economic standpoint? Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the fa- factors I already mentioned, such as low interest rates and strong housing markets, you know, that, would, that should keep the economy at least growing at some low level. Um, you know, we've seen a focus in recent years on domestic energy production. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kept energy prices very low. Uh, some of the policies of the new administration that may slow some of these efforts and prices could rise. But as long as it doesn't happen, you know, abruptly, it, you know, the economy should be able to absorb that. Mm-hmm. One of the things also that, um, you know, Democrats ran on was a platform of um, raising in- income taxes on both businesses and individuals. And that almost always slows the economy, you know, and it might make job creation slower than expected if businesses, mm-hmm. you know, taxes go up. But remember, you have the Federal Reserve. They can keep interest rates low to offset some of that. And another thing that you know, could be considered is that higher government spending could also offset some of the you know, negative impact of sure. rate increases initially. And then foreign policy, that's always critical. You know, some trade deals and current tariffs could be changed in different ways. You know, we're not sure at this point what would happen. Um, growth might slow as a result if, you know, some of the trade deals are renegotiated. But as long as the changes that I mentioned before are not, they're not drastic. And if they occur slowly, our markets should be okay. We also need to see the vaccine and lower, you know, COVID-19 around the world to truly get back to normal. Yeah, certainly a, an equation where everything kind of works in sync with, with the other, mm-hmm. um, you mentioned using the, the market as as a, as an economic indicator for those watching the stock market. Um, they've obviously seen volatility, but overall a, a strong upward trend in some cases, you know, record setting um, uh, numbers. Mm-hmm. What has been your read on the market? What can people glean from the overall health of the economy from what they're seeing from Wall Street? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aaron, you're right. Stocks are a good leading indicator. Um, Stocks were very high in the first quarter, and once the pandemic hit, began to hit, um, they, they plunged by over 30% with extreme volatility in the second quarter. They recovered amazingly in the third quarter and are now setting new highs. This surprised everyone, but you know we're on a good economic growth path now, and the fact that stocks are high seems to support that. Also, interest rates are very low. So that makes sense that, you know, prices would be a little bit higher. And, you know, also notice that, you know, the markets fell and then they rose again in third quarter, almost mirroring the economic growth, you know, the Mm -hmm. loss of, 
GDP and then the, you know, the big growth. So they, it has moved with the economy. Now, the Dow's up about 6% year to date. The S&P 500 is up 14%. And the NASDAQ, which is pretty tech heavy, they say, um, that's mm-hmm. up an astounding 40% so far this year. And a lot of that was tech related to the pandemic. You know, some of the changes in trends where people are working at home, et cetera. So some of those stocks truly benefited. Um, you know, the forward price earnings ratio that a lot of people, you know, they'll look at that um, for the S&P 500. It's now at 24 times earnings when like 16 to 18% is a historical average. So we are a little bit high, but there are factors supporting that, you know, the continued growth and the low interest rates. So my read on the market is that, you know, the recent gains show optimism about future growth and also the arrival of the vaccines with a possible return to normal in the foreseeable future. And many industries such as travel and entertainment, they could gain the most after being beaten down for the last nine months. Sure. So I I think that stocks are very optimistic about the prospects for growth. Our economy has demonstrated that it's on solid footing in that it can rebound quickly after a severe shock. No one thought that we could rebound from the COVID-19 lockdowns as quickly Mm -hmm. as we did. So we we always have volatile periods, and I usually tell people don't be too scared of them as long as the economy is growing and you look out six to nine months and see that things look okay, according to leading indicators. Well, well, looking out six to nine to 12 months is exactly what we we want to do here. So we've covered a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but but now the big reveal. We're going to put you on the spot. Oh. What does twenty What does twenty twenty one look like from an economic outlook standpoint? Okay. Well, first I'll start out. I'll give you a disclaimer. I was wrong in two thousand twenty. I had GDP growth of two to two and a half percent. When we actually got whipsawed with the negative growth and then the positive growth, and we're expecting positive growth this quarter. But after all that will still likely be down about 2 to 3% for all of 2020. So, you know, when you look at where we've been, it's really not all that bad. But I had been right. forecasting on the trend that we had been in before we reached the pandemic. But in 2021, you know, things are still very uncertain. We, we don't have any idea if lockdowns will continue to recur, whether, you know, borders open up for travel. We, we just don't know. But I think, you know, also we have to ask ourselves, will the vaccine work quickly to get us back to normal? There is pent up demand that that definitely will add to growth. But if, you know, if we do not return to normal consumers and businesses, they may hold back on their spending. But my big reveal, I think that we'll see growth at or slightly above 3% as we come out of this, you know, the risk of the harmful lockdowns. And the vaccine adoption should lead us back, you know, to more normal times by the third quarter of 21. But if it does not, then I think we'll struggle to grow at 2%. But I still think we'll grow because the economy is on such solid footing and rates are so low. Um, In terms of recent economic surveys, um, they show that most economists project growth in 2021 at 4% as opposed to the 3% I have. And the Federal Reserve is also at 4%. 
I'm factoring in the fact that the government's adding so much more debt mm-hmm. than, you know, they usually do. And eventually that slows growth. Um, so, you know, I'm being a little more conservative. But I think, you know, it's a the Federal Reserve and the economists, they have a really optimistic review view of this because they have unemployment at the end of 2021 at five to six percent. So getting closer to that pre-pandemic rate of 4%. So I think, you know, if you're doing planning, I think you could use a decent range of for GDP of three to 4%. If unemployment is still high and inflation low, we're likely to continue in this low rate environment all through 2021 and probably for a year or two afterwards. Well, that is... uh... We'll, we'll, we'll let you slide. You, know, you, you give your you don't give yourself any credit on 2020. We'll let yeah, you slide. Yeah, but for I, I had to mention, pan, like most a people, pandemic. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a good disclaimer, but we'll we'll uh, we'll dig into these the, the 2021 outlook, knowing, like you said, the rate environment, mm-hmm. uh, unemployment. You know those key indicators that that you're tracking, and hopefully, folks can use those to to do some economic planning of their right. own. Um, Dorothy, before we let you go, uh, I want to give just a shout out to the, to the great uh, quarterly economic update that you you put together for for customers and businesses in the area. How can listeners access that and get added to the list um, so they get those updates directly to their inbox? Yeah, um, Aaron, they can email any one of us, including myself, um, or go on our website. You can go on our website, you know, pencommunitybank.com, and just in the search bar, just put quarterly newsletter, and it should pop up. Um, it, it, it really is worth the read, and, uh, and we can use those to, to track 2021 mm-hmm. uh, as we go right. through it. So, Dorothy, I, I really appreciate you hopping on today and, and recapping 2020 and taking a look at what comes next for us. Um, if I don't talk to you before then, happy holidays and uh, best wishes for a okay, new year. Thank you so much, Aaron, and happy holidays to you and everyone else. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mutual Growth, a podcast by Penn Community Bank. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. And as always, keep up with the latest from Penn Community Bank by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Penn Community Bank and connecting with us on LinkedIn. For more information about this podcast, links to past episodes, and to learn more about community-first banking, just visit pencommunitybank.com slash podcast. Mutual Growth is the official podcast of Penn Community Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. It is produced for the benefit of current and prospective customers and partner organizations. This program is provided solely for educational and entertainment purposes. The information contained herein is based on sources believed to be reliable, but is not represented to be complete and its accuracy is not guaranteed. The opinions, views, and estimates expressed are those of the presenters at the date of production and are subject to change without notice. Please email marketing at pencommunitybank.com regarding booking or repurposing any part of this podcast.